Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is the weekly show where we talk about all things money and finance and where we give you information to help you make the best financial decisions possible. So if you want to buy your first home, you want to be better with money, you want to learn how to invest, where to begin, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe. I'm so thrilled to have you here. So without further ado, let's get going with this week's show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So listen, this is the final episode for this year. Um, We're going to return in the new year, fresh, looking at goals, looking at how we can achieve new things and be in a better position than what we're in right now. I'm very, very excited to take a little bit of a break. Um, This is episode 54, and it has been a little bit of an undertaking. But at the same time, I've actually really enjoyed the process as well. It's definitely been a time of learning. It's been a time of growth. And I'm thankful for every single one of you who pay attention and listen to the podcast and have contributed and sent me lovely messages. And in this episode, off the back of feedback that I had on Instagram maybe two weeks ago, I wanted to bring on a guest, someone that I have known and we met like maybe about a year ago. And um, we were talking about her personal journey and her finances and she made subtle tweaks. And I really do believe that there is power in sharing stories, sharing experiences, sharing journeys, because it shows that we're not in this all by ourselves. And her her journey has been very, very interesting. She's kindly agreed to come on the show um, to share her story with every single one of you. And more than anything else, I hope that it inspires you. We've been speaking about goals and, you know, how can we go through life not buying, you know, assets? I've likened it to Monopoly last week, right? What happens if you play the game of Monopoly and you do not buy an asset the entire time that you're playing the game? What happens? You likely get wiped out. And we we have to understand the rules of this game. We need to understand the language of money. So I hope this is going to be really, really, really inspiring because trust me, it is really, really, really inspiring. And it's a, it's a massive, massive difference just by doing something very, 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 very small. So I want to welcome on Danielle. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So, right. We haven't actually spoken. We've spoken on Instagram sort of here and there throughout the year and stuff like that. But I think was it the beginning of this year? I'm not sure if it was or not. It might have even been last year. No, Actually, no, no. it was we, last year. Yes, we met early 2019. It was around about May, I think, April, May time. And I found right. you on Instagram and, and sent you a message and had watched some of your videos and thought, yeah, I need to maybe get in touch with this guy. Maybe he can help me. Yeah, wow. I, you know what? I can't believe it's that long, actually, because, yeah, yeah I, I was... I was literally, yeah, so Instagram started 2019, it was January, yeah, and you were probably one of the first people that I actually physically met off having a conversation online, because I was in London at the time, and and all that kind of stuff, so why don't you just introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about you, what you do, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, hi everyone, Um, I'm Danielle Lennon, Um, I am a planning manager for a housing association in London. Um, I've been working for in that role for about uh, 15 years. Um, and yeah, so I'm in full-time employment. Um, and yeah, I am a shared ownership homeowner as well. 
Um, and really, I think the reason why I wanted to get in touch with Peter at the time, um, more than a year ago now, is, is basically because I, I kind of really wanted to get a handle on my finances. So I suppose I suppose that's what we're going to talk about today. But yeah, that was that was the main reason is that um, I've been working for a long time, but really and truly, I, I didn't really know where where I was going to go and I wanted to get more clarity on my future. Yeah. And like, let me ask you this. Did you, because you, you messaged me and I messaged back because I always do. Cause I think ultimately it's always nice to have conversations with people, right. And just, you know, share knowledge and exchange experiences and stuff like that. Were you nervous to, to make contact in the first place? Did you, were you reticent, reticent in any way? Yeah. So I think, I think what had happened is obviously from being young, um, well, the main reason why I wanted to contact you initially was I really wanted to understand my, about my pension. And I remember from being young, my mum would always say, um, yeah, you must invest, you must, you know, um, pay into your pension when you have a job, you must pay into your pension. But I never really understood really why she was saying that. I know that it was a good, good advice. I knew that it was good advice, but I didn't really understand what a pension was. And I didn't understand the mechanism of, mechanisms of it and it seemed like there was a lot of um choices that you had to make through the process but I actually didn't understand the questions that I was being asked um some of them were kind of you know kind of I I, I just I kind of went with the default options so there was mm. kind of like some options there available to me like oh do you want to invest in this do you want to invest in that fund or this fund but I actually didn't understand what they were really asking me and what the outcome of it would be. I knew I would put some money into a pension and I would do that for a number of years and then I might get some money at the end of it, but I didn't really know what really that meant. Um, and um, I suppose as I've been working for a long time, uh, it, I think it was kind of like, I remember it was around about the, just before I did contact you, it, I was pretty much contemplating going, I'm getting a bit older now and I really want to know that I am going to be safe and secure in my future and that I am going to have a decent pension and I am going to be able to live a comfortable life when I'm older. And I really think I need to start getting a bit more serious about this and kind mm. of educate myself on what to do. And that's why I got in touch with you. Yeah. And for you then, I mean, because you're right, pensions can be very, very um, complex and it's almost like a, a, bomb of like just information and options and like if you if you don't get any explanations or training on it you're just kind of like well what does this all mean did you get any kind of like help within like the workplace or anything like that to kind of sit down and explain what the language actually meant and what the various options were or were you just kind of like left to it because I think that's the experience that most people uh have when they look at workplace pensions yeah, I mean, I think my work are very good. There's lots of kind of information sheets and information available to download. Um, but you are kind of left to your own devices to read through it and, mm. and you know, essentially interpret what they're saying. And they have done their best to make it as digestible as possible. But I still sometimes think that it's about connecting the dots and maybe somebody breaking it down to you and, and relating it to your personal circumstances. And I think that the information often is quite bland. It, it doesn't really relate to you personally. And you kind of, you're still left a bit like, okay, I kind of get it, but mm. not quite, not quite. I need someone else to kind of break it down to me. Um, 
and I felt like they made a good effort, but um, not really. Actually, since that, saying that though, um, last year, and it was kind of co coincidental, is that they did put on some sessions where we could have some free advice, 20 minute call sessions. Right. Uh, with a financial advisor, but I think that they are a minority, you know, that, that, that kind of um, proactivity from an employer, I think is a little bit um, maybe lacking in some places. I just think I'm very fortunate to where I work that they have done that. Um, but yeah, so I think that it was a case of you are left to your own devices to kind of go and find the information out yourself. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I, for me, that's what I find has been the common occurrence. I mean, before I even qualified as financial advisor, I used to work in banks and they kind of just gave you like a pack and said, well, read that. And then, well, you're left to kind of make your own choice, not really understanding what it is that you're, that you're reading. And I guess that's one of the things that I do want to change from a, from a workplace point of view is, you know, let, let employers know that they do have a responsibility to kind of like inform you as to what's going on and what all the options need, mean, because otherwise, how are you going to know that you're making the right decision for you? But I'm interested to know, because when we met last year, I know that you were, you've got other things going on and like you want to invest in property and so on and so forth. I'm interested to know your view on why a pension was still important for you whilst you're still on the journey to, you know, in property investing and, and doing all the things that you actually want to do? Because many people will focus on just that and not necessarily their pensions. What was your, what was your thought process around making sure that you had the pension in the background to, to keep going as well? Um, well, I think that, um, I mean, my parents kind of are a good example of, um, or, or have kind of influenced me in terms of uh, trying to make, better decisions I think uh, you know neither of them have have much of a uh, pension to speak of and I now I'm getting to the point where my mum turns 60 and I know that she's coming to the end of her working life and I can see that actually that that isn't the best position to be in when you reaching that point in time and you maybe don't have a massive pension pot to live off. And actually when you, your income is reduced significantly, what do you then do? Mm -hmm. And I just felt that in that, in addition to my own kind of um, my own age and, and kind of trying to be a bit more sensible, um, it made me start thinking, well, I just don't want to be in that position at when I reached that age myself, I want to have thought about it. And if there's anything I can do to make myself more comfortable at that age, then I should start doing that. And really, I think that obviously it's not a quick fix. You have to kind of make those decisions and do that early because yeah. you have to have, well, what I now know is obviously you have to have enough time to build up that pot. Um, in, in, in kind of answer to your question in terms of like the other things that I want to do in terms of property investing, like, I mean, it's kind of, you know, a buzzword at the moment is multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, yeah, I want to do property investing. Yeah, I, I have, a, a you know, um, I ha I, I'm hoping that I will have income through that that vehicle. But ultimately, I have a, I've been working in my workplace for a long time. I have the ability to I have a, I have a salary which I can pay into a pension. Why not use the pension as a vehicle to save? Um, my employer, luckily, they also generously um, 
also um, in, put money into my pension as well. So they contribute in addition to the, the anything I put in, mm-hmm. they contribute as well. So I'm like, why not take advantage? Essentially, they're giving me free money and I'm going to build up a, ma- a pot of money for my retirement. Why not have that as well as all the un- the money that I may make through other vehicles and other other sources? So I just felt like it's it's a, it's a safety net, but it's also um, yeah. I mean, I suppose I'm just being a bit more sensible, but I think it's a safety net, and it will hopefully just be another stream of income yeah yeah i mean i think it's really really powerful as you as the way you explained it there and the fact that you know it is free money essentially if you're working in a business and they they're paying into a pension for you it's free money like who doesn't take free money now it's like come on it's going to build in the background for you knowing that you're working anyway so it might as well just be paid in and accumulate for you over over a period of time. So I'm interested to know because when when we first met, obviously you you had a pension and you were paying into your pensions and stuff like that. And I know that you you're very, very conscious of making sure that you've got a comfortable retirement, as you've kind of explained there. Did you think that the changes you would have to make would be like huge? Or did you have a a perception when you went in to say, oh my God, I'm going to have to, you know, up my pension by this much to be able to get there. Were you concerned about the number or just the fact of doing something? I think I was fearful, uh, a few things. I was, I was fearful. The main thing I was fearful of was if I, up, if I, I upped my contribution of my pension, would I be left skin at the end of every month? Basically, mm-hmm. I was worried that me, by me putting more money in, I was going to have less to live on and would I be able to afford it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't really tested that. That was just a fear. You know, mm. I hadn't actually really, I, you know, kind of had a look at the numbers to actually, to actually know I was making an assumption. Mm. Um, I also thought, well, once I start opening this can of worms, am I going to find that I've been investing in the wrong thing all along and I should have made a better choice with mm. where money's actually being invested? Um, and even then, how will I even make that choice? Because I don't understand what what the, what they're saying to me in the in the leaflets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yes, yeah, so, I mean they, those were my main kind of concerns. Really, I thought the process of changing my pension was relatively easy. I knew how to do that with with regards to where I work. It was simply just send a letter or send an email, and that's really that's really easy. But it was more about well, how is this going to affect my monthly pay packet really mm. i think that was the main fear so you've met, obviously made changes and stuff how did that actually pan out did it did it affect your pay packet as much as you thought it would or was it kind of like well it kind of adjusted for itself anyway yeah i actually surprisingly it didn't i didn't feel it as much as i thought i would mm. of course i'm paying a bit more but i Obviously, once I educated myself on it, one thing I didn't really understand was that the money that I'm investing in my pension is is pre-tax money. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I didn't really understand that principle. I probably heard it, but I didn't really understand what that meant. And so obviously, I'm I'm investing pre-tax money. 
and and I'm, I'm obviously benefiting from that being invested for a long period of time in addition to my employer paying the money mm-hmm. so actually when when I look at how much I'm now paying I think it's around about 13 percent including my wow. um, yeah including my workplace um contribution um a lot of that is actually my my workplace and and also as I said it's pre-tax money so I think that yeah at the end of the day it's not it's it's not affected me as much as I thought and I and also not only that is that I was making a conscious choice and I was I was making a conscious choice to save for my future and I knew that I would rather I had made the decision that I would sacrifice some of my money now for then and and I had made that decision but an informed decision and I knew also that you it, it is flexible I could have reduced the amount of um the amount of contribution at any time if if my circumstances change yeah you know what and that's so powerful what you just mentioned there like for many people so the minimum, the minimum that that goes into a pension if you're in a workplace scheme is 8% now. So 3% has to come from your employer, then 5% comes from you. To get to the point where you're actually contributing, you know, 13%, that is pretty, that's pretty good. And that means that I would imagine your employer's paying in over and above their minimum as well, I would imagine, right? Oh yeah, yes. It's in a tiered system. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I think what they probably have is they have something called matching, where if you pay in more, they'll yeah. pay in more to match you as well. And many many employers actually have this. Really, really good employers do have this, but not a lot of people know that it's actually available. And it might be there in the pamphlet somewhere, but because it's called matching, you don't really know what that matching actually refers to. And yes. it's powerful, really. And I have to ask you. In the knowledge that you've paid, that you're paying more into your pension, how does that actually make you feel from a a peace of mind point of view? Do you feel better in just knowing that, actually, I'm doing something really, really good here and I'm building something for the future? Or does it not really make any difference from a a psychological point of view? I mean, I think that it has put my mind at rest a little bit. I, I had a period of time where I, when I first met you, I was kind of quite anxious about it. Didn't really know much about it. And I didn't feel very confident in my decision-making because I didn't understand what it was that I, I didn't really understand pensions and I didn't understand much about finances, to be honest. And that made me feel a bit anxious and not confident. As I've educated through talking to you and self-educating, reading some books and and kind of being more aware of what I'm doing, now I feel the actual pension, it's kind of like now it's on a, you know, it comes directly out of my salary and I don't really think about it. Mm -hmm. But it makes me feel a lot more calm knowing that that's running in the background, that's doing the work, I don't need to think about it, I've set it up, it's sorted, and that will carry on and chug along as it goes and but I do now feel a lot more kind of empowered and informed to make the right choices and if I don't know something I will either ask or seek the information through a book and obviously there's lots of free resources out there but now I just feel like I know the basics I know the foundation of some of the key things that I need to know about for like navigating my life whether whether I'm in a job and I'm getting a salary or whether or not I have a business and and you know if I don't know about that I'll find the information about about how to deal with those types of 
scenarios, but I just feel like I have this general kind of foundation of knowledge now that I just didn't have before. Mm. And I, I always say that knowledge is really, really powerful, and but the application of it is is where the real difference is is made. And I believe that you know it's people often go and look for for knowledge and stuff like that, but applying it sometimes is very, 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 very difficult. Yeah. And it does take a little bit of a personal conviction and personal drive to really be like, I'm going to do something about this. I've, I've, you know, I've seeked out this information. I've read a few books, right. I'm going to go execute. Do you, do you feel that before having conversations, the execution was harder to do in comparison to now? I think so. I mean, I think that it's obviously, I've got a bit more sensible in general. And I think I've, I just kind of got my head in the game, if you like. And Mm. I, I had, I made a choice to, to, to kind of find out about something and apply it. And I think, yeah, in a way it is about the person. It is about whether or not you want to do it. You have to want to do it. Um, And there may be a trigger for that. It could be you're in a lot of debt or it could be that you're getting older. It could be that like me, you know, I can see my parents as an example, which Mm. has made me then think about my circumstances. And it could be that kind of trigger, but that was kind of my trigger. But, you know, I still think, yeah, you have to be dedicated. You have to make this decision that you're going to do something to change and follow through and be consistent with it. Um, And yeah, I think it just depends on on the person, but I think that that is a, a key fundamental thing. But I think being empowered and having the information and, and, and having that foundation of information helps to then maybe when you are ready, you have the information to make those decisions. Yeah. And I'll, so speaking of this year, because like this year has been very, very um, challenging across multiple levels. How have you found this year you personally with obviously work and then obviously the markets and pensions have, have you been concerned about, well, the markets have been going up and down and all that kind of stuff as that, have you thought about your pension in relation to the market performance with everything that's gone on? No, I haven't. And I mean, maybe that's because I'm not a sophisticated investor or anything like that, but I basically, I mean, I've read a few, few books and I've spoken to you and as we know, think markets do move up and down. The economy will change. And whilst it's good to keep good to keep kind of a little bit of an eye on what you're doing and make sure that you adjust what you're doing to suit to suit your life or to whatever to suit the circumstances i've decided that with regards to my pension particularly i'm going to just leave it there and let it do what it's Mm. doing if things move up or move down it's not really going to affect me at this stage anyway Uh, and, and i suppose that's where maybe in 20 years time when I'm closer to retirement, then I might think, oh, actually, I want to check in on it more often. But for the time being, if I kind of looked at it, I suppose they say that with other other investments as well. If you look at it, you'll panic and go, should I move (laughs) out? Should I not? You know, you'd be going back and forth on it all the time. I, I, I basically set up the sending order or set it, set it up with about the amount I wanted to pay through my salary. And I basically just leave it there and I don't really do anything with it. Um, and I, th- I actually think for the time being, I think that's the best way and the best approach for me. You know what? And that is music to my ears because 
this year specifically, I know that many people have been looking at their investments and whatever it is. I mean, pension is still an investment. So their investments thinking, oh my God, oh my God. And we naturally have this loss aversion as human beings where we don't like losing or seeing things plummet in value, particularly when it comes to our money. And I know you say this, you think it's because you're not an experienced investor, but I would argue the opposite. I think you, you through the books that you've been reading and 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 everything, all the information that you've taken in, you've actually picked up a lot of investment savvy in knowing that actually you're investing for the long term. The blip in the market for you know in March or in September this year is irrelevant. It's it's a blip compared mm-hmm. to what you're actually investing for, which is twenty. 30 years into the future, that little blip is inconsequential. It doesn't matter because you're investing for the long term. Now, that will matter if you're 10 years to, you're five years to retirement. But for right now, it doesn't even matter. And I think you should give yourself a lot of credit for that as well, because that just shows that through seeking out the knowledge, you're probably picking up a few things that you don't even know are relevant, but serve you well anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think no. I think that's that's definitely one of the things I've I've learned, or or the kind of I've, I've taken in through the things that I've learned over this over the course of this last pretty much eighteen months. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what kind of books have you have you read just for the for the listeners because I'm sure they'll be thinking I'll oh, I'd love to do, I'd love to know what book she's read on. I would love to read the books that she's read as well. So what what kind of books have you read? Well, I mean, I've I've read loads about property, but also I, I read. One that was recommended by my friend, and I think it's more of it for the American kind of audience. Mm-hmm. It was called Simple Path to Wealth. Mm-hmm. And that was the first book that I read. Um, and that was about generally it covered investing in pensions um, and investing in the stock market. And generally, the principle, I think the overarching principle in the book was long term investing. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't really the quick fix um invest in the stock market and you know invest in apple shares or it wasn't really that it was mainly just the overarching principles of long-term investing and also taking advantage of workplace pension schemes and that really sparked my interest as well in making sure that i had understood what i was doing with my workplace pension yeah Um, yeah and i think that's really really important and in in fact when you're reading books even if they are for the american market one thing that i found is that you know the principles that they explain are universally 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 applicable so whilst the names of the of the of the things that they describe so for example in the states they have 401ks and um roth iras those are the same. They're, they're pretty much pensions. And those principles that they explain around those things are directly relatable to what we what we have here. The fundamentals are pretty much the same. So just by reading those books, you pick up so much of the, the basic foundations that you need to be aware of. I will link that book actually in the show notes for people to um to pick up if they also want to want to read it uh, as well. So I really want to get on to kind of, you already mentioned that, you know, you made some changes and they're ongoing now. They're simply just things that just happen in your pension pot is building. But you sent a message to me, I think it was maybe a couple of days ago that I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. And I wanted you to share that. Would you mind sharing the difference that it's actually made by you simply making that small change in terms of the amount that you're paying into your pension? 
Yeah. Like I like I said, I don't normally check my pension. And I think it may be because it's the end of the year and it's December. And I actually got a message, I think it was on Monday, from the, the company that hosts the pension. Mm. And it was like, log into your, you know, log in to check your balance of your pension kind of email, which I never do. But I thought, okay, it's the end of the year. Let me have a look. And I hadn't looked last year and I haven't looked this year. This whole year I've not looked. Mm. And I decided to log on and I did. And I was actually blown away. And I, the first thing I did was basically email you afterwards. Um, so when I first started speaking to you, um, my pension balance was about £23,000. And I thought that doesn't sound very much really if I'm going to retire on that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Which is <laughs> basically what prompted me to contact you. And when I logged on, I think it was a couple of days ago, my balance is 51761 oh. pence. And I was like, I literally was blown away. I literally was kind of like, I can't believe in the space of 18 months, me changing my pension contribution, I've essentially amassed £30,000 more than I had when I actually spoke to you. Yeah. Um, And I was... I was just so shocked and I basically wanted to thank you so much for your help and advice and empowering me to make the decisions that I made and to change my pension contribution. And already I've seen such a massive difference to my pension part. Like it's only going to kind of go up from now. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. And I wanted to say thank you. No. And you know what? And this is where I read it and I couldn't believe it because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, all things being relative, the the simple fact of the matter is if you never looked at just doing something about it, you wouldn't be where it is. And the moral of this really, and this is the thing that I really, really want to get across to everyone listening to this is small things make a big, big difference. They make a huge difference particularly when it comes to investing, particularly when you've got time on your side. Time is your biggest friend. And this last 18 months, had you had done nothing at all, you'd probably be on around about, you know, maybe 25, maybe 30 max. But the yeah. fact that you are over 51,000 pounds by simply making a, a small change yeah. is so, so, so powerful. And really it is down to you and you deserve the credit really for it, for looking at it identifying and realizing actually you know what i'm not really comfortable about this i need to make some changes and then actually taking the steps to make those changes because i i didn't really do any of the work we we talked about workplace pensions and we talked about matching and we talked about the fact that you know compound interest is really really important and the time frames that you're working towards the longer the time you're you've got to invest the better the outcome is going to be but you did the work and I think that's really where the credit is due in the fact that you actually seeked out that information and you actually took action because that can be very, very hard sometimes, particularly when you don't really understand what you're looking at and what you're going into. Yeah, I mean, I was literally paying the minimum. So for years before that, I wasn't paying anything. For years of my working life, I wasn't paying anything at all. And then I decided, okay, um, I'll pay the minimum, which I did for many years, which is where I got the 23000 from and I then switched it all the way up to the to the top I didn't even I didn't even go I didn't do it by halves I went from the minimum to the maximum Mm -hmm. and I just because the main reason why I made that decision was there's free money at stake here I'm getting a decent contribution from my employer 
why not whilst I'm working take advantage of that as well um and, and that that was a real driver for me and also just thinking looking at the tra trajectory which you had shown me there was like a kind of calculator that well you know if you're in, expecting to um retire at 65 or 60 or mm -hmm. you know, whatever or if you wanted to even retire earlier you're working back from that you need a lot more money in your pension mm -hmm. to be able to comfortably live and that just seeing those numbers like on you know on paper how it actually related and I was like wow that's I've got some way to go and I can only do that if I you know sacrifice a little bit now make some changes and be consistent with it then maybe I might get a little I'll get closer to that goal I'll get close yeah. to what Peter's saying to me you know as to what I, my optimum amount would be to live off and yeah. so, yeah, I, I made those changes and it's definitely paying off. And obviously it's a continual thing, but it's paying off. And I really wanted to just say, well, update you and just say, there, you know, this does work if you actually make these changes. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And you know what? One of the big lessons that I think, you know, that is definitely a key takeaway here is that, you know, particularly when it comes to your pensions, you may think that you're going to miss that money on a monthly basis. Believe me, you won't. You really, really won't. And yeah. if you take it away from your salary, like Danielle's just explained, it is pre-tax. So actually the amount that you think that you need to sacrifice actually isn't that much because you don't have to sacrifice it after the tax has been taken out. So essentially you're getting a 20% kicker or whatever your tax rate is as a kicker to okay. the position. But I think, you know, too many times, and I know that I've certainly fallen into the into that trap um, in the past, when I was working for RBS all these all those years ago, um, I didn't realize that their workplace scheme was a was a defined benefit, a final salary pension. I only found this out maybe three or four years ago, um, mm. and essentially these were the options that they gave me. And this is someone who worked for RBS, right? They gave me the option: we can either pay this into a pension. They didn't explain what a pension was, how it worked, or anything like that, or we can give you the cash. So me being me. In my <laughs> 20s, I was like, I'll take the cash, thank you very much. Now I'm kicking myself because if they had explained to me what a defined benefit was, what a final salary was, I probably would have been like, actually, no, pay into, into the final salary, thank you. I don't need the cash because ultimately what happened, I that money went on beer money. It was my drinking money every single weekend. Yeah. And we may think that we're going to miss, you know, that extra 50 quid or that extra 100 quid a month. Actually, we won't. We will adjust accordingly. And I think you are testament to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I did, I was fearful of not having enough money or, or whatever. And I thought, let me just give it a go. Let me go all out. Take, you know, take on the biggest, the biggest, biggest contribution I could. And then if it's, if it isn't affordable to me, I can always reduce it. You know, I thought that would be better, the better way. And I also calculated as well what it really meant when I did the pre, when I made a pre-tax um, contribution, the, the, the difference between what I was paying and what I was going to pay, it wasn't, it was much, it was, it was a lot more, mm -hmm. but it wasn't as much as I actually thought. Mm -hmm. And so I was making a lot of assumptions that weren't really true. Um and yeah, I, I don't, I don't miss the money. And, you know, even still for me personally, I feel like I would sacrifice, you know, the extra 50 quid here or there 
for the, the knowledge and the, the peace of mind of that um, investment. And at the end of the day, it's an investment like you invest in the stock market or some people do. Yeah. You know, it's an investment that's actually making me money. It's I'm not throwing it away. Yeah. Um, it's actually, you know, growing. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to leave the final word to you, Danielle, because I think, yeah, everything that you've just shared here is maybe just a combination of everything that I've been talking about this year on the podcast. So if you, if you had a listener who's in a similar position to you, um, is having a look at things, but a little bit fearful and unsure, what would, would what would be your words to them? I would definitely find out all the information you can regarding your pension at work. I would download everything. If there is anybody you can speak to there, speak to them. I would get a real sense of actually where you, where, what is your current financial position? That could be what have you got in your savings account or your current accounts to what have you got in your pension pot? Because then you can see a full picture of what your financial position is. Mm-hmm. And then, then thinking about, what it is you want to achieve in the future, or even just if you can think that far ahead, where do I want to be when I retire and work back from that? And then you can make some decisions as to where you need to make some changes. Um, And I think, of course, seeking advice, whether that's free advice or whether that's through the the conversation of money, Peter, or whether or not that is reading books, there's lots of different places. And actually, it's probably better to get and a full spectrum and different opinions of of of, of um, some of these topics. You know, read a book. Um, another one I'm reading is called How to Own the World. That's another book that has a lot of things about investing or pensions and and various different things like that. Very sensible, kind of well written book. And um, yeah, listening to podcasts. Um, but I definitely think that. Small changes can make a big difference. Um, another thing that I did as well, which I think maybe um, my, I felt I found was more of a psychological way of saving, but my workplace also had a, a credit union. Okay. And I actually saved a little bit. It's hardly anything, but I saved about £50 a month in this credit union. And I do that, and that's just another way of me funneling some money for kind of a, a, a treat myself type mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. A, a tra- treat myself type of kind of um a thing so it's kind of like maybe if you if you're not good with saving is finding a place where you can save it where you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna touch it pension being one of them you're not going to pull the money out of the pension it's going to do its thing if you've got a, a credit union account over there somewhere stick some money in that and you won't and don't have a card for it and then you're saving that money over there so I think it's just about finding different places that you can make some changes. But I definitely think that making small changes makes a massive difference. And pension being one of them, I would say, as is, as we're on the topic of pensions, I would say if you can contribute more, do. And you will see the difference for sure. Amazing. Listen, I really, really do appreciate you coming on because um, I, I sprung this on you like last minute out of the blue literally um and i really do appreciate you coming on to actually share this um and i hope that if you're listening to this 
you've learned something, you've picked up something, um, if anything, and this is the whole point of what I try to do here is, you know, this is all the kind of stuff that we should be taught at school, but we're not. And as adults, this can be really, really difficult because we get into habits. We we have our way of doing things and we have our way of thinking and, and, and life gets in the way, family, work, careers, business, right? I hope that this has inspired you. Like new, the next year, next year 21 is a brand new slate you have a perfect opportunity the perfect opportunity to set things right to change things to make little tweaks here and there and many of us will be focusing on a ton of other things that are not about money or finances i just want to urge everybody everybody to have a financial agenda a financial plan a financial goal if it is incrementally increasing your pension contribution so you can have more to retire on please do that if it is right i need to pay down a little bit of debt have a plan for that if it is i need to build an emergency fund have a plan for that have a financial plan new the new year is a prime opportunity we can put a lot of this stuff that has happened this year behind us we're starting afresh it's all about take collecting our money passing go on that monopoly board and like i said last week it's all about having an agenda of what properties we are going to buy on that Monopoly board in 2021. Danielle, thank you so much. I really do appreciate thank it. Thank you for having you. me. And guys, this is the last episode for the podcast this year. We'll be back in 21. If you do want to contact me, as always, you know where I am on IG. But thank you so much for supporting me this year. I really do appreciate it. I'm looking forward to 21. Until then, have an amazing Christmas, an amazing new year. I will speak to you again in January.